0: Asalaamu Alaikum everyone, welcome to the IFG Tafsir, uh, second 15 Um, and in the true spirit of a stand-up comedy show which this is in no way uh, similar to, I'm going to hand over to Mohsin uh, to um, you know talk you through about what's going to happen and just a bit of background and what we've been up to. Um, Mohsin is currently in terms of picture he's not available because um, he's uh, crouched behind some kind of uh, vehicle um, in a war-torn area in the northwest of uh, England. Um, uh, but I'll, I'll hand over to Mustin to explain further.
1: <laughs> JazakAllah khair. Alaikum, everyone. Welcome to session 15, uh, or indeed, if you're listening on the podcast, it will be episode 35 of the Millionaire Muslim podcast. And yes, I'm currently, I mean, not quite as glamorously as uh, Ibrahim mentioned there, but I'm currently sat sat outside uh, in my car because that's the only place uh, in my house that I can get some peace from my kids. So in the true spirit of uh, hustle, here I am. And uh, the neighbours are going to look at me in a very funny way because I've got a microphone, some earphones and a laptop open and it all looks slightly suspect. But anyway, here we are. And it's going to be, inshallah, really, really useful tafsir today all about uh, charity and how we should give charity and what a Qur'anic charity would look like if we were to set one up from the bottom up. So inshallah, that's going to be really helpful and that links quite nicely to a recent article that we released um, on charity and uh, Ibrahim rather controversially entitled it, Muslims are doing charity wrong so if ever there were an article on charity that you need to read then you should definitely read that as a supplement to this episode inshallah and the other thing that we did was we released a supplemental article to our zakat guide on investments which i mentioned a couple of weeks ago that we had done and we've got really good feedback on alhamdulillah so read the article if you've not got the zakat guide because it kind of runs it's a bit of a primer if you like to the zakat guide it runs through three key areas of property shares and um property shares and what was the other one uh anyway whatever it is it's on it's on the article so you'll you'll find it um Mm -hmm. and once you once you've read that. Give, give us a shout. We'll send you the Zakat guide, inshallah, and that will be very, very useful. The other thing that I've mentioned before that we have progressed on, alhamdulillah, is our wills. So the wills are ticking along nicely. People are sending in their will requests and getting their wills back promptly. Uh, again, alhamdulillah, really good feedback on that side. We're coming to the end of Ramadan now or I mean, depending on when you're listening to this but as, as we speak live we are coming to the end of ramadan and now is as good a time as any really to sort things like that out so definitely inshallah if you're one of those people like me like ibrahim like lots of the people that we've come across who you know they've always wanted to sort their will out they know that they need to sort their will out but it's the sort of thing that gets put off day after day and week after week month after month and before you know it you've gone five ten fifteen years without a will which is no place really uh, that we want to be so check out wills.islamicfinanceguru.com it's a very very intuitive process you sit at home or wherever you want to sit you can be like me and sit in your car and do it if you want Um, and you go through a questionnaire that's very intuitive very straightforward and inshallah you will have everything done and dusted from your end within 30 minutes and then you leave it to us and we get something back to you within a week so inshallah if you have thought about doing a will and you've not yet done one then definitely take some action inshallah and go to wills.islamicfinanceguru.com so without further ado i think i will hand over to the main man ibrahim and he will talk all about what the quran has to say about charity
0: jazakallahu khairan muhsin um and uh jazakallahu khair for uh tuning in uh, i know it, how how hard it is when you've got kids to uh sort this all out i mean i i am sure at some point in the background we're going to hear um soliman's uh, dulcent tones uh wanting to sh- participate in this tafsir uh he's been um yeah he, at one point i think he broke in um and um he he basically just uh wanted to join into the tafsir so, I, I'm sure maybe that's, m- go, uh, maybe that's
1: how we go. Maybe that's how this gets viral, like the uh, like the guy on BBC, that interview.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Uh, well, welcome everyone to the Millionaire Muslim Podcast. Uh, this is a podcast by IslamicFinanceGuru.com. Um, we discuss halal investments, personal finance, entrepreneurship, and ways that will kickstart you into being the best version of yourself, inshallah, or at least a better version of yourself. Uh, In Mohsen and I and my case We also give you um, a spiritual kick with uh, these uh, tafsirs Regular tafsirs on business and finance and entrepreneurship focused um, topics Uh, And today we are on tafsir session 15 Uh, And today we're going to be talking about And it's entitled Doing Charity Mm -hmm. the Truly Quranic Way So we're in the month of Ramadan right now and it's the month of charity right uh, and there's a huge amount of donating going on and a huge amount of whatsapp traffic and amidst that there is the annual um, charity bashing activities going on as well so we've all seen uh, you know those whatsapp messages going around that attack one charity or another and then you've got those counter arguments from the various people from those charities saying you know actually know we're we're good guys Uh, And then there's that whole back and forth and people who have no idea about charity um, and have not taken the time to really research it uh, are wading into this debate. So we wanted to really just go back to the Quran on this and go back and tease out the Quranic approach to charity and think about how we can be more effective with our charity ourselves and um, it wasn't actually planned uh, to do this on the, on charity this week but just as it happens as we were going through the, um, the Quran uh, the verses that we're looking at today are the verses on um, charity and so we thought we'd talk about that so what are we going to be covering so in today's podcast we're going to be covering three things the first is why charity is such a big deal in Islam? And the second is why does Allah uh, subhanahu wa ta'ala emphasize not reminding people about charity given? What's that all about? And then finally what spending from the best as we are enjoined to by the verses uh, that we're going to look at looks like? What does that actually look like? And so we're going to dive in today into this long passage and we're not going to be reading all of this passage Uh, today but we're going to be breaking it down into segments it's a passage that starts in Surah Baqarah at verse 261 and I recommend that all of you uh, check it out And um, if you're not watching this live, then actually, um, you know, feel free to go away and properly read the entire passage because that will be really beneficial. It goes up to 200 verse 274, uh, if I remember correctly, or 275. And the verse immediately after that, very interestingly, is a verse on interest and the banning of interest. And we'll definitely be covering that and talking about that in detail. But it's interesting to see that um, counterpoint between charity and interest. So let's dive in then, uh, inshallah, on the first of those three topics. And why is charity such a big deal in Islam? But uh, in order to segue really into this topic, I wanted to talk about uh, a story. So this is a story about the hadith uh, of Bukhari, uh, where there are three people who are on a journey and they go into a cave because perhaps it was raining, I think, at the time. And they, uh, when they are in this cave, a boulder, falls in front of the cave and it blocks them in completely and you can imagine when you're in this pitch black darkness you have absolutely no idea how you're going to get out you explore the back of the cave as i'm sure they might have done and you discover that it's completely a dead end there's no way that you can get out from that side and the panic that you must feel at that time Complete darkness, you're miles away from anywhere No one's going to pass by this place And at this point, who do you have to turn to? Well, the only person, the only entity you can turn to at this point Is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And that's what these people did So each of them, they remembered the 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 most sincere action that they could The best of their actions, the creme de la creme of their actions And they put that forward to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala As the thing that would... Um, Uh, that would perhaps convince Allah to grant them salvation and one of these people he mentions the story uh, of an employee that he had so this was an employee uh, who used to help him with his uh, sheep and his lamb and his uh, flock and looking after them and this employee he uh, worked for this individual But for for reasons uh, that are unknown, he decided that he didn't want to take his wages or he forgot to take his wages. And he left and he traveled far away. And uh, the employer, this guy, was left with his wages. So what did he do? He uh, kept hold of those wages. He didn't waste those wages. He didn't just uh, eat them up himself. He invested those wages into uh, flock. Further flock, more uh, more sheep, more lamb, more goats, more camels, etc. And this flock really prospered. This person's uh, uh, this person's wage led to a flock that really grew very quickly. And soon it became a vast amount of flock, and you could you know you could see a valley full of these animals uh, that had just grown from uh, you know, breeding and giving birth and uh, Perhaps buying and selling a few of the crop, and then buying some more crop, etc., etc., etc. And uh, then many many years passed, and this person he came back. This employee he came back finally, and he said to the employer, and he said, "Where's my wages? I want my wages." And the employer said that all that you see in front of you, this this valley. He took them to the valley. He said, "Look at all of these crop, uh, these uh, flocks," um, and. These are all yours, and the employee he looked at him, and he, and he, and you can imagine this happening at our workplace, where perhaps you know you, uh, if you're like, for example, a footballer at Bolton, they force you to take a, a holiday on your salary, uh, one week uh, or one month because because of cash flow issues, and so, the next week and uh, the next month uh imagine if they say actually instead of your salary of you know two thousand pounds or four thousand pounds whatever it is we're going to give you uh we take you out into the car park and there's 10 of these bmws lined up and say this is all yours you can imagine that you look at them and you'd be like you know what why are you why why are you messing around with me just give me my wages and this is exactly what the employee said he said why are you are you messing around with me uh, he said, no, I'm not. This is this is your wages and uh, please feel free to take them. And so the employee, he said, fine, I'm calling your bluff. And he took the entire flock. This guy who had you know a small amount of wages to actually take at the start, which had grown to a massive flock, he absolutely spared nothing. He took the entire amount and he walked off. And the person said, he supplicated, he said, oh, Allah, uh, uh, oh, Allah, um, Oh Lord, if I did if I did this seeking only for your pleasure Then do relieve us of our distress And because of what he said The, the rock, this heavy rock that was uh, that was blocking the cave Moved ever so slightly And that that oh, combined with the other two people who had gone as well Led to these people escaping And led to their salvation So the question really is um, Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like this a lot? Why did he like this? And today we want to look at the verses on charity uh, and really explore um, the question about why. And, um, and more so, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts about, um, you know, what we've discussed as well.
1: Yeah, really, really fascinating story and a really fascinating hadith as well. A, a question came to mind as I was um, as I was reading it and listening to it. Um, this is f- reading from the hadith before the time of the Prophet right? Because the Prophet is narrating about a time before his companions. Am I right in thinking that?
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: Um, and I mean, you don't have to answer this now, but an interesting uh, fiqhi question, given, you know, the, the sharia as it is to today, um, what what would the fiqhi approach be now if we were in a position where we had an employee whose salary he, you know, for whatever reason, he hadn't taken it? Um, would, would it even be permissible, for example, to invest it? Um, and and you know what what would we do with all that? Because I know that um, the fiqh on things like you know lost money is really vast and complicated, and I'm wondering if this sort of falls into that sort of category.
0: Interesting question. So I think that it doesn't fall into the category of lost property because uh, it's not really lost property, really, is it? It's um, it's money that's not been claimed. You know, you know whose it is and uh the person who's holding it is very clear as well so um i don't think that's the right analysis i think here there's something to be said about investing it to be honest uh, after a certain period of time and that is because of inflation so i don't think back in the day you when you had gold and silver as the currency inflation was as much of a concern but today we've obviously we've got inflation and so if you if your employee decides to um You know, disappear for a long period of time, and you're left holding this money. Then you need to um, potentially uh, invest it for him. And it 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 is an interesting question, to be honest, because at a certain point, then this becomes a bit of a headache for you as well, because you know you don't want to necessarily be holding on to this money. And if you're a large employer, um, you, you don't. This is going to require. Uh, a lot of administration and just you know making sure that this money is accounted for properly, and that could be quite difficult. So um, yeah, I, th- I think that there might be if there's if it's really really becoming onerous upon this uh, on upon the company, then it might be that they take the best uh, the best option for them out of a number of options that are available to them so it might be that they decide to go for a really rather than you know actively managing this money and trying to make this grow itself they just put it into some kind of tracker or just something that um, is very low maintenance instead of uh, doing something particularly exciting about it but yeah those those are my kind of immediate thoughts on that uh, on that question so Turning back to this uh, to this verse then, uh, to this uh, hadith then about this individual, so the, the point here is that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He really liked the sincerity of this individual, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He really liked the uh, the fact that this individual had had that uh, that real iman and that sincerity to set up in essence what is a waqf for this for this person. So a waqf is uh, a pool of money. That is held um, for uh, for Allah subhanahu wa taala. So it's held fi sabirillah. So this particular pot of money was uh, not necessarily a pure Waqf in that sense, but it was a pot of money that this person was holding on trust for this other individual, and he was just really sincerely looking after it. Allah subhanahu wa taala. He really liked that. So what is what is it about charity? And let's now get into the verse that we're going to be looking at today. What is it about charity that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he really likes? But first, let's actually look at the verse and look at the look at why what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about how much he likes this verse, uh, how much he likes charity. <laughs> مثل حَبَّةٍ أَنْبَتَتْ سَبْعَ سَنَابِلَ فِي كُلِّ سُنْبُلَةٍ مِئَةُ حَبَّةٍ وَاللَّهُ يُضَاعِفُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ وَاللَّهُ وَاسِعٌ عَلِيمٌ The example of those who spend their wealth in the way of Allah is like a seed of grain which grows seven spikes and in each spike is a hundred grains, and Allah multiplies His reward for whom He wills, and Allah is all-encompassing and knowing. So this is the verse about uh, the impact that charity can have, and the vast reward that is associated with charity. So you've got this seed, and this seed gives rise to a uh, this this seed gives rise to a um, a shoot that comes up. And as a result of that, that shoot becomes um, it has seven spikes, and in each of these spikes is a hundred further grains. And then these grains are eaten by us, or then uh, you know they might be um, they might fall down to the ground and might fertilize again. But the point Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is making from one seed, you get a hundred, and then you get seven of those, so seven hundred times the reward. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is saying that there is an immense amount of reward associated with charity. And we all know this, right? We all know this, we've all heard we've all heard this reward aspect before. We all know about this. But the thing that I really want to focus us on, and um mostly it'd be great for you to you know just chip in when you're just thinking away about this, is why is that? Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he give us so much reward for charity? What what is it about charity? That makes it so special. Why? Why does Allah Subhanahu wa Taala really uh, encourage charity and make us focus on charity? He could have chosen anything else. He could have chosen um, any other kind of worship or any other kind of action, but it was charity specifically. And this is something that we find in the um, in the hadith as well. So Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he uh, saw a man who gave a camel that had a bridle on it, and this man this man gave gave the camel for charity and Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said لَتَأْتِيَنَّ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ so he said that on the day of judgment you will come with 700 of these camels that are bridled as well so this 700 figure, uh, this massive amount of multiplication um, idea is found in the, in the hadith as well so what is it about charity? so what, one thing um, that uh, when I was thinking about it uh, I found really useful was um, this idea that it is um, uh, it is the externalizing of the principle of harm prevention from just ourselves to others so let's let's just unpack that for a second what does that mean so there's that hadith as we all know the uh, the merciful ones. Um, the merciful ones are the ones that the merciful shows uh mercy uh, so show mercy to those who are on the earth and the one who is in the in the heavens will show mercy to you as a res, as a result of that so mercy is something that is really encouraged and so what is it about uh you know this this principle of harm prevention that we're talking about here so what is going on here is that we we show mercy to ourselves we show rahma to ourselves and that is the motivation that seeks us from uh, preventing harm to ourselves so we don't step out into the middle of the road when a car is coming because we know that's going to cause us damage and if we see our child um, in the middle of the road we will pull him out of the way because we don't want that child to get harmed or we see our wife and she's not aware of it we'll push her out of the way or pull her out of the way and get her out of harm's way and if we see uh, another individual perhaps we as a result of that will also do the same thing and then we have these concentric circles of rahma that go wider and wider and wider so when we um, decide that we're going to spend some money on our neighbor that's not like spending money on ourselves. That's not like spending money on our wife or our children. It's further than that, right? And what if we then decide that we want to go on a litter picking campaign for this community? That's further than that even, right? Uh, what if we decide that we want to set up a um, charity for the homeless in London? So that's even further further than um, our just our locale. And then it can go further and further and further. And so the point I'm making here is that this idea of self preservation this idea of preventing harm is fundamental to a human being and when you are trying to when you uh, increase that circle you are not just showing mercy to yourself, but you're showing mercy to more and more and more people. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa he was known as the rahmatullil alameen, the mercy for all of mankind. So that's, you know, the best kind of mercy that you can, the vastest kind of mercy that you can get. And so charity is a way that show, that gets us showing that mercy. And charity is a way that gets us increasing our levels of uh, of uh, iman and our levels of getting to that level of rahmah that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he had. And so that's the first thing I think that uh, is truly one of the secrets of charity. That charity helps you um, get to... Uh, a higher level of iman and a higher level of self-actualization as a muslim than um, than any other kind of activity so the, the other thing that i think is really important is that charity has a wonderful ability to leave a vast and lasting impact so there's that hadith uh, as we just talked about, about the person who invested his employees' wages and how that left for a number of years actually resulted in, in a huge amount of money. And charity, when it's done uh, cleverly and properly, has that ability to have a vast impact. Uh, if you can very effectively pinpoint the the key things that are holding back a community and you address those key things specifically, then actually what what ends up happening is you have a huge impact so for example there was a study a uh, very systematic scientific approach taken to improving education standards in a certain area of Africa and they tried a bunch of different things they tried giving uh, books they tried Increasing the number of teachers, they tried uh, increasing the number of classrooms, uh, they tried education of parents, they tried a whole bunch of different things. But actually, when they tried this one thing, it had the most amount of impact ever uh, compared to everything else. And it wasn't the most intuitive of things. And it was basically that um, they gave, I believe, anti malaria tablets or they gave some kind of inoculation against a, uh, a A a worm that would uh, get into people, get into the kids, and it would mean that they would have to miss school for a number of weeks, and um, it meant that they became really unwell and they could potentially die as well at some times. So when they dealt that one issue, that actually had the biggest possible impact that they could possibly have had, and it's not the most intuitive of things, right? If you said to someone, "I want you to spend money on um, books for kids uh, in schools," That makes sense, right? That's like, all right, okay, I understand. That's a good thing to do. I, I you know, why not? Let's buy them um, some books on uh, Biff, Chip, and Floppy, and you know, the the usual suspects. But no, that's not the most impactful thing. So, if someone came to you and said, "All right, I want you to uh, give me some money into helping deworm uh, these kids in school regularly, or to inoculate them against deworm, so that they don't need uh, to be dewormed and miss school," that is a much less intuitive cell, right and so uh we need to think about the way we give charity and how uh truly we are um going back to the real uh, value that charity has in islam which is the impact that it can have the vast impact that it can have the huge uh lasting legacy that it can leave because you know why are we focusing on kids in this particular instance and in their education? This is a non-Muslim study, but the reason why they were focusing on that was they too can see that actually focusing on kids can lead to a whole lifetime of activity, and that's really beneficial. So um, there's this impact thing that really is important, and that we need to focus on. Uh, and and sense feel free to you know jump in uh, whenever you know you, you feel you feel the urge. So Mohsin is like, um, if any of you have seen those uh, Pakistani mushairas where you know they're, they're doing poetry and stuff, and at a certain point there's one of the key poets in that mushaira. he just gets moved to uh, start just versifying, and he just gets up and he just goes for it and the crowd goes absolutely wild. So um, Mohsin is the equivalent of that in these Tafsir sessions where um, he'll suddenly enter and. Um, People will be amazed.
1: Yeah, no, no pressure then. No pressure. I had, uh, <laughs> I had two, um, two observations actually. So one, one was that um, it's an example. So going back to your first point about charity and why does Allah emphasize charity? I mean, it, it seems to me that it's an example of, um, of course, Allah is, Allah is the creator of us and our psyche, and He understands everything about our psyche and we as humans completely need to be incentivized about stuff and we need to hear all these hadith and all these um you know nice stories about how uh you know charity doesn't decrease your wealth charity has this much reward charity does this charity does that and and why is that the case and it it seems to me that because charity is it's an example of the fact that islam is such a um a practical deen it's a deen that's rooted in um societal Um, goings on and all of this charitable giving is without doubt important in society and how do you make sure that that kind of uh, you know that virtuous giving how do you ensure that it happens well you you make sure that the people who are in in control of um, actually making that happen are well incentivized to do that would for example muslims be so giving in charity were it not for the extensive um, hadith and ayat and so on about the virtues of charity I'm not sure that we would be and that must stem from the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who you know, he's he's our, he's the creator of us and he completely understands us and that's why we are so geared towards and focused on giving in charity. There is of course um, a secular element to charity giving, lots of non-Muslims give charity, lots of atheists give charity but not to the extent that Muslims do. And it must have something to do with the fact that we're so well incentivized to do that. The second observation that I was going to make was uh, going to your point about impactful, um, uh, I was going to say impactful investing, but it's impactful charity giving. And it's in many ways the same thing. Um, It's easy for us as Muslims and, you know, we we often... um, Bash this sort of charity, but it's not intentional. We don't intend to bash this sort of charity giving, but I'll say it anyway. We, as human beings, we feel good about giving charity to um, a well in Africa, or um, you know, what, whatever whatever good cause that we often see being raised. Mm. Feel good about giving to that charity and my anecdotal experience it's not kind of database or anything like that but my anecdotal experience is that the reason a lot of uh, charities like this get uh, good um, good funds raised is because the story is really good the story is really nice and it it completely relates to as you mentioned your kind of logical um, human side you know there is this idea that I'm going to hand over my my 20 quid, this school is going to get built in Africa mm-hmm. and kids are going to get educated. That is completely irrational. It completely makes sense. And you will find that I, I'm, I would strongly suspect that if me and you went out on the street and did a test case for, I'm building a school in Africa, can you give me some money? We would raise more money than something that might be far more impactful like the example that you gave and it's in my opinion i think this is and i think you you touch on this in your article as well so it's not a new point that we're making but it's a point that's you know common that we as a as a muslim community and you know arguably as a muslim ummah are just not very good at thinking about charity from a very strategic perspective from actually you know sitting down and saying what what is the things or what are the things that we need to tackle? And then how do we stay how do we take you know five, ten steps backwards from that problem to actually get to the root of it? And there's a decent example that I was giving to a friend the other day actually of the England football team, where we as a football nation were absolutely uh terrible. I mean on paper we were great. We had all these great players, Beckham and so on. Um but as a nation we just weren't performing in World Cups. And what the fa did is they took a step back and they thought okay what what is really going on here it's you know it's a lot of things really a lot of it was to do with resource a lot of it was to do with football education a lot of it was to do was to do with lack of you know tournament know-how and experience and you know they identified lots of problems and what did they actually do they invested a hell of a lot of money about you know 15 or so years ago into infrastructure so they built um the st george's um uh center in 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 london at a cost of you know i don't know the exact figures but many hundreds of millions i would imagine um and they really started focusing on youth and you know grassroots football as they call it so you know the football that we play up and down the streets in the country and developing that side of things and lo and behold here we are 15 20 years later and we've got probably the best football team that we've seen for a while we've got players that are in their own right kind of world leaders uh in their positions people like harry kane the captain and so on and why has that happened It's because they didn't spunk the money on you know more uh world-class managers trying to fix a ceiling roof or something like trying to fix a leaking roof or something they actually invested in the in the very heart of things into the very infrastructure of things and then the problems started taking care of themselves so those are my two observations
0: <laughs> um, so uh, uh, let's take uh, each of those in turn so if i understand you correctly you're saying the first point is that uh the allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he incentivizes us um to give charity and that is uh because it's good for the community? Is that how I understood the point correctly?
1: Basically, yeah. So because charity is an important element in society, um, practically speaking, we need to be in- incentivized in some way to make sure that that happens. So yeah.
0: Okay, so uh, so you're saying that uh, Allah subhanahu wa Taala He has given this extreme reward because... Uh, he wants to bring about a world in which um, human beings flourish, and an important part of flourishing is to have that velocity of money, is to have that movement of money, and that could either be done through commerce or it could be done through giving, and um, and the charity verses are all about um, making sure that velocity of giving is is at a premium. Is is that? an accurate characterization
1: yeah yeah
0: okay so my my question there is that and this kind of nicely comes on to um you know the the topic that i you know i wanted us to kind of grapple with and that is that uh, two two topics one is are we being too instrumental about how we approach uh charity and this is a question really for me and you and for other people who are talking about impact um, charity, as opposed to you know just just doing charity, um, uh, the, the the traditional sense, the traditional way, are we being too utilitarian, too consequentialist, too uh, mathsy about? Uh, you know the approach that we're taking, because you know the, this this analysis that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He has encouraged us to give charity, and, char- and that's because, or or at least in part, that's because of the, uh, the really good outcomes that charity brings about. Um, do, don't you think that that, that could be uh, that could come back to us as you're being too consequentialist, or you're being too utilitarian? You're you're just stripping the the spirit out of it. Uh, do you mean, so
1: you mean as opposed to um charity is just a is a good act and we should focus on the 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 good stuff that it does for us rather than focusing or worrying too much about external impact is that what yeah.
0: you yeah i think i think so i think that's that's definitely part of it um, and also uh, and also i think there is that separate element of um you know why why are we focusing internally but also why are we caring really about the the downstream of the charity, because um, a we don't really know what's going to happen downstream, we don't really ultimately have control over what uh, where that money gets to and the impact that it can have. Uh, number two, um, even if we do and we really think about it, and we really think about having an impact, actually just because of the finite data that we have and the lack of um you know 2020 20 vision and the lack of the ability to see how all sorts of variables are going to play out really we don't know um what is going to have maximum impact
1: mm-hmm. so i agree and i think it it basically falls on what you think as a muslim your role is in society uh, and i say that because i think if you are somebody who, and I I think a lot of people fall into this category, and I don't think it's either bad or good, Um, but I think that basically people uh, fall somewhere in the the spectrum of, on one hand, you are your own person, you focus on yourself, worry about yourself, worry about your own deeds, um, and you know that that's basically it kind of keep yourself to yourself approach and for those people and i think that i i probably used to fall in this category about 10 or so years ago um where i very much used to take that approach with charity of um i'm giving charity my intention is clear and i do it in the expectation that i will be rewarded for it and i'm not really that concerned actually with what happens further down the line with that money. Since then my thinking has um changed, I won't say evolved because that implies a positive it might be a negative thing. My thinking has changed um to thinking that actually my duty as a as a muslim um and and at that a kind of you know privileged muslim in the context of the UK community, you know, well educated, you know, good job and so on and so forth. Um my duty actually is sorry good looking well maybe not quite but you know we can't have everything um my my duty in in this you know privileged position is actually to have a maximum positive impact on the people around me and you know society at large as best that i can and given that that is my position naturally falls that when it comes to money and charity specifically i worry and um i i think quite hard actually about what it takes to to do charity in an effective manner so in answer to your question i think it basically depends on what sort of person you are and i think that you know i, I don't want to go as far as to say that we should all be in that latter category because you know i don't think everybody is going to be in that category um and i don't want to kind of make judgments on people that are just perfectly happy doing their own thing and they you know they do good amal and they do good things here and there um, but but they're very much kind of of focused on themselves um so yeah i think it just depends on what where what your thinking actually is in terms of what you believe your role to be
0: but why do you say that so um now to you know put the um To put the shoe on the other foot, surely, and turning to this whole internal external thing, surely it's quite selfish to just focus on the internal and not focus on the external. Um,
1: Yes, so so I think that I think the argument that that one would make for that um, is that I've got enough, um, you know, deficiencies and enough weaknesses and um uh, and so on or a complete lack of time to do something effectively i don't think it's a particularly strong argument personally um because i think that if if people really think about it hard there's always something that you can be doing um but i don't think everyone falls on this idea of i need to have this kind of you know big societal impact i can have impact but it can be in my own little way whether it's kind of you know giving some time to the local masjid or the local soup kitchen or whatever it is um volunteering at a hospice or or something that's that's impactful as well um but i think that when the way we're talking about charity is kind of you know big wave change you know, kind of big societal movement in how we think about charity, I don't think that everyone is quite ready for that. Um, And for that reason, I think that this whole question, like I say, it falls on where where you lie on that spectrum. You know, if if you're on the spectrum, I think that, that we're at, then very much I think the focus is impact because it's just the idea that we've got so much money that we can so much potential that we can harness and if we could harness that effectively then why would you not do it as effectively as you can if that makes sense
0: no i I think it does yeah so um yeah i I think that if you're uh every person is going to have a different level of impact and um every person is going to uh you know different people have different um time constraints and different uh, mental capacities and uh, different priorities and different focuses and different approaches. And all of that is going to mean that you're going to have a different analysis to the next man. And it might not be as deep an analysis, it might not be as uh, focused analysis, it might not be as, um, you know, detailed and, uh, you know, you've in- invested the relevant time uh, into it. But to, as long as you given your circumstances are having some thought at least to creating a degree of impact then uh, then i think that that probably does it um and so i suppose what we're saying um is that you do need to look at the internal charity is uh, is is an action that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he uh, talks about as a benefit to the individual himself. You will not achieve birr, You will not achieve piety until you spend from that which you love. So Allah subhanahu wa taala is not focusing there on the external. He's not saying that you will not achieve piety until you uh, eradicate malaria from Africa or you have the maximum impact. He is saying that you will not achieve piety until you spend from that which you love, as in the individual. So I think there is that there is a strong element of the internal within charity giving. Um, Can I
1: just add something um, yeah, that's definitely. just come to mind? Um, and you, you'll be in a better place to uh, understand the kind of fiqh on this area. But when it comes to zakat specifically, am I right in thinking that there is a kind of added obligation about the end recipient? in terms of making sure that they're valid and, and and so on and so forth and given that that is the case or correct me if I'm wrong um doesn't doesn't that highlight in some way that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala is placing emphasis on the fact that you do need to do some sort of due diligence and if we accept that that's the case then we should i think it's a natural extension from there to say that due diligence as a general um, theme when it comes to charity is important and if it's important then we should do it to the to the very best of our ability and that means um you know everything that we're saying which is think really long and hard about strategy and maximum impact and and so on so yeah keen to hear your thoughts on that
0: yeah, absolutely, 100%. This is, um, this is something that I was reflecting on as well. So there's the eight categories of zakat. And zakat is something that I've studied a little bit, but it's, it's something that um, is, is a vast subject area. And there are uh, people who really just focus completely on zakat and have studied that in really great depth. Sheikh uh, Yusuf Al-Qaradawi has his PhD thesis, his two-volume book, on Zagat and how you give Zagat and how it all works so that's a fantastic read you can get it online it's english translation as well um, online um for free as a pdf um so do check that out but uh, you're right so Zagat is the counterpoint to my other uh, to my initial verse which is fikum you won't achieve piety until that you spend from um, that which you love because Zakat said, "Inna uh, wa To the end of the verse, sadaqa uh, is talking about Zakat in this context. Is for these eight categories and so Allah is specifying that these are the people that you spend on and you could there's uh, people who would analyze that as saying that this is in order of preference there are people who would analyze this as saying that these are the things that are required for a society to really flourish so Allah is really prioritizing these things Um, and um, there are people who will say that we need to really carefully think about the end recipients Uh, and, and I think that's right I think that ultimately this debate about, you know, what's more important in charity, the impact externally or the impact internally on us, I think ultimately it comes down to, um, it, it, there's a bit of both, right? There has to be a bit of both and you can have a bit of both in everything. You can um, very impactfully uh, spend from that which you love. And, and I think that if, if you take away nothing else away from this podcast, it's that line you can impactfully spend from that which you love and if you do that then that really is a Quranic way of giving charity uh, and, uh, uh, and and I think one f- final um, thing to add in to this whole impact thing um, and perhaps um, I don't think we're going to get through all of the things that we uh, set out to do because I think this is an important topic and it's good that we spent a bit of time on it um, but, but one final thing to mention on this first segment which is you know why is charity such a big deal why is it so important um, and this whole impact uh, narrative that we're exploring is that charity is uh, has many forms and one potential form of charity could be a form of um, enterprise as well. And so we're now talking about these social enterprises that have come about and uh, that mix an element of charity with an element of business and sustainability as well. And uh, sometimes it's called impact investing Uh, and impact investing may or may not have any charitable component, but it usually does. And there's a academic paper that I was reading on this and had a fascinating um, excerpt that I want to share with you guys. And he says, many mainstream investors reject the idea that they should pay attention to the social impact of their investing, insisting such considerations are the domain of governments and charities. Most traditional philanthropists and policymakers, in turn, reject the idea that they should use their investments to advance their mis- mission, or that business uh, businesses generating profits have a right to stand alongside philanthropists and civil society in the noble work of promoting equality and justice. And so, there's two sides to this debate. One side is that you know you've got the purebred commercial uh, blue-blooded investor who doesn't want to get any any involvement into charity mixed up with his investment and then you've got the philanthropist or you've got the charity giver the traditional charity giver that we've been talking about who doesn't want to mix in any element of business or any element of impact thinking or any element of uh, being utilitarian or consequentialist or deeply analytical into their charity. They just wanna give charity and, and just do charity the, the way they have been. And actually, when the, the, the two things are combined, you could potentially have a much greater impact and a much more sustainable and long-term impact because, um, both, Mosin, you and I, you both, we both know that there is uh, there is nothing quite as uh, motivating for human beings as having that profit incentive and having it uh, having a sustainable business as opposed to having a one-off, you know, charitable endeavor where people work hard for a period of time, but it's very very rare, and there's very few people in the world where they will be working on that charitable endeavor for the rest of their lives in a soul-focused and consistent way. They will always, most people will do charity, but as a part-time thing, but very few people will be focused on it. And that means that charity uh, loses out. That means that those social enterprises and those activities that they're focusing on, those problems that they're trying to solve, they miss out. They don't get the best of an individual's activity, the best of the individual's talents, the best of the individual's time, the best of the individual's focus. Uh, It's always a part-time thing. And so having a uh, impact investing approach or having an approach of social enterprise, I posit, and most of you feel free to, uh, you know, disagree or present any other argument against it. I posit that that is actually a really impactful way of doing charity. Um, what do you think?
1: Uh, so, so the idea of mixing kind of enterprise and charity is impactful, is what you're saying?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, agreed. And I think um, <laughs> when you were reading that that um, excerpt, I was thinking actually that um, on on one hand, I think you've got um, people who are thinking a bit like us, kind of about strategy and so on when it comes to charity which is the first bit of the the excerpt that you shared and then the second bit is about you know the traditional charity givers and I was thinking there about your kind of uncles down the masjid who you know (laughs) if we were to go down the local masjid and kind of um, posit our theories onto them you know some might be receptive to it but i i strongly suspect the vast majority would think that this is you know some kind of crazy left field uh you know <laughs> symptom of the of the problem with modern society trying to mingle um you know investment and enterprise and so on with uh, charity this pure essence of charity but actually what we're saying is that you know they very well can be co-mingled and they and they probably should be if we look at all the problems that we've got how can we tackle with how can we tackle them effectively you know this is probably one of one of the key ways that we can do this
0: agreed and there are al- also things to um balance out here uh, the first is of course there is uh, a degree of uh, tension between the charity motive and the uh, profit motive and uh, and but actually and and let's put that into um, real terms what that means is if you are a charity then you know that you are essentially getting that money and giving it out to um, the end donors and you need to do that as efficiently as possible as a business you have a lot more leeway where you are trying to maximize the profits for the shareholders and so you need to make sure that you're um your directors and your employees have the necessary uh, salaries that keep them motivated but also you want to make sure that the long-term growth of the business is there so you're investing in that and you want to give back a a little bit to the shareholders so there's a different dynamic there and the problem that you have when you try and mix the two things is that A business will ultimately want to be sustainable and make profit whereas a charity wants to uh, give money to the poor and when you try and mix the two things you could have an uh, you could have a situation where you are uh, uh, you are focusing on the short-term rewards and you're uh, increasing the salaries of the individuals who are running this enterprise and actually the the end result is suffering so that's the you know that's the nub of that tension but actually, I think that this tension ultimately exists in in a pure charity as well. Because in a pure charity, you have employees as well, right? And you've got that tension there about, uh, is this just a really great uh, employment gig for the, the people who run this charity? Uh, or is this a truly beneficial charity that um, has a great deal of impact on the world? I think that same tension exists there. So ultimately, um, you know, I think this is something that is addressable. This this tension um, that people get concerned about. Um, I think you're right. I think uncles will not be hugely receptive of this, and and I think part of me kind of agrees with them as well. And 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 that's because uh, if we are going to do something like this, if we are going to try and mix. Uh, impact investing with enterprise with uh, charity and create a kind of social enterprise then um it does uh, often come at the expense of that internal element about you know it comes at the expense of having to really do that sacrifice of spending from that best of what which you love because ultimately if you are actually benefiting or you're making it sustainable this charity then you maybe you're not losing out as much uh, as you would otherwise be and it's the losing out that has the great deal of reward associated with it so i I think there is an element of truth there um, but also at the same time i think it can be done um, in a in a way that works in a way that um, actually balances things out um, overall so um, morsin, I'm aware of the time and uh, we've got two further sections to go which I, I don't think we're going to get through today so I was wondering let's should we should we turn to action points given that this is the last few days of Ramadan and mm. um, you know think about what are the tangibles that we can tell people that will materially help you know inshallah um, better our lives
1: yeah absolutely so um i mean obviously you'll have your own thoughts but i was thinking about uh, two things one of which we've not really touched on but it's not a great it's not you know it's not a big curveball or anything um so the first is a fairly obvious one in the sense that you know we've been talking about strategy and impact and all that sort of stuff and we've kind of been talking about it in relatively fluffy terms um but really we should sort of expand on what we actually mean and these aren't kind of finalized thoughts in any way shape or form but you know as a very kind of basic example as to as to the sort of chain of thinking um that i have and you know ibrahim feel free to to chip in with your uh thinking as well um so i think the process goes something like this you identify a problem that we have within society so let's say for example uh, t- to give an example I gave to someone a few, a few days ago, if we said, for example, we don't have enough uh, politicians, Muslim, good Muslim politicians representing us um, at, the, at the very top level, uh, you know, we want someone who is, you know, genuine contender to be Prime Minister material, how do we actually address that? What does that actually look like? And then sit down and map out how you think that best looks. And that might mean, Um, not just thinking, it might mean actually if you've not got necessarily the kind of understanding or the capability of understanding you need to reach out and network and talk to people who would know about how you get into these top positions they might say for example oh you definitely need to go to either oxford or cambridge you know whether that's right or wrong then we need then the problem becomes okay fine how do we then make sure that good young muslim candidates go to oxford and cambridge Um, and then you kind of carry on down that chain to get to the point where you know we have got good people uh, that are capable of becoming uh, the prime minister and so on. And Then you think about how do we actually get make sure, how do we help them get through all of that? Um, and, and part of that, for example, might be a lot of grants to um, you know good children to make sure they don't drop out of uni or drop out of school or whatever and so on and so forth. So that when we talk about this sort of thing, that's the kind of chain of thinking that we're actually talking about. Do you agree with that, Ibrahim?
0: Yeah, completely. I think there's a, a really good um, PDF that i came across i think if you you search for a theory of change by npc uh so that's uh november polo um uh, charlie charlie there we go npc then uh, you'll find it um and this is a a document that uh, outlines a theory of change that is used by uh, a a lot of charities these days um where they're meant to develop a vision that has impact and I think that this is useful for all of us to have a look at when we are looking at our own charitable giving but also frankly our careers as well and how we can give our time which is the most precious thing towards things that are going to make a genuine impact but i think inshallah we won't we'll probably be able to dig into that a lot more thoroughly in future um in Mm. future podcasts where i think we're going to continue talking about this topic
1: yeah Uh, the the other the last thing I wanted to share um, was um, kind of just bringing it back to the stuff we were talking about earlier about internal impact, um, and although we've talked a lot about external, the internal is important. Um, and at the time of recording this, we've got Eid coming up um, on Tuesday or Wednesday, and uh, you know we we were talking about this the other day um, about giving gifts, and in many ways that's that's a form of that's a form of charity as well and um, you know Eid is a a great time of year and it should be a great time of year especially for the kids and for example with with me um, and, and my two boys, we we don't make a big deal about um, birthdays and all that sort of stuff throughout the year and uh, you know obviously there's a lot of hype around Christmas and all this sort of stuff and it's, it's only normal that kids do get wrapped up in that hype especially as they go to nursery and school and so on. right And yeah, you know, it's really, really important and I really want to encourage everyone um, to go as far as you can, um especially when it comes to kids but not just kids to everyone all your loved ones to making Eid really quite special um and one really easy way of doing that um, well it's not particularly easy because it needs some thought um but one one definitely practical way of doing that is by giving really good gifts Mm. and you know for, for the men who are listening um traditionally we're not the best gift givers um and 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 some women aren't as well. I think it's a common problem, perhaps on both sides. But you know, if we if we really sat down to think about it, you know, not like the day before Eid or something, um, then we can give really good, thoughtful gifts. And that doesn't need to be expensive gifts. You know, thought is really all that's required. And I think that that is a really really nice way of doing something and, and going back to that verse and spending from that which you love on mm-hmm. your loved ones. Um, on what is undoubtedly a, a really special day. Um, so yeah, those are my those are my two two thoughts.
0: Jazakallah khair and Mossin completely agreed. and um, uh, yeah, this that's something that I need to really work on myself as well. but I, I have as you know, um, actually bought a gift for Eid this time, so that's a, that's a good start. Um, and on that bombshell, uh, Jazakallah Lahead and everyone for tuning in and uh, please do share this pod- podcast uh, the youtube video with your um, friends and loved ones and whoever you you think will benefit from this inshallah and please do um, take the time out to leave us a review on itunes or whatever podcast platform that you listen to us on because even if it's just a few words that really does make a massive impact and you know we're talking about impact, so it, it creates a massive impact for us, uh, and um, you know, get helps us reach as many people as we possibly can. So and just share
1: a- it with some uh, share it with some uncles as well. See what they think.
0: Yeah, Le- yeah. Share it with your uncle. Share it with your dad, and ask him what he thinks about about this. And if he thinks it's a load of nonsense, then um, let us know because uh, you know we um, we will we'll address that. <laughs> Alright, jazakallahu <laughs> khairan assalamu and wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh